Welcome to the Truth in This Art podcast, a storytelling series that documents the vibrancy and development of arts and culture. And now, here's your host and cultural curator, Rob Lee. Well, shaking cats and kittens, Rob Lee here for this month's presenting sponsor, Night Owl Gallery. Night Owl Gallery is an intimate, artist-run exhibition space showcasing the original paintings and fine art prints of Beth Ann Wilson. Also, it features curated goods from local artists and craftsmen. You'll be sure to find one-of-a-kind gifts, handcrafted jewelry, home decor items, along with a few vintage treasures. Located in the rear of 248 South Conklin Street in Highland Town, across from the Sally O's, Night Owl Gallery is a unique space that brings together Wilson's love of the arts, community, and culture. Additionally, Night Owl Gallery hosts an array of arts and crafts workshops throughout the year and participates in community events, many of which are free and open to the public. So in this ever-changing world, safety is their priority. So feel free to join them and hit them up online at www.nightowl.gallery. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today's guest is an American painter from the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. We have Mr. David Ibarra. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. See, you know, I put the Mr. on because I'm looking at your... That's that's (laughs) cool. Yeah, don't worry about it. (laughs) No, but you get the Mr. You're the first Mr. on here. You get the full title. If it was Sir, I would give you that as well. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. No, no Esquire no, for you. <laughs> um, so if you will, um, I've been around uh, some of your work um, through stuff at Creative Alliance, stuff at UB Blake. Um, and as I always talk with the um, the folks that look like me, you get the Browns right. That's what matters. Uh, so if you will, describe your work and give us that that, that rundown. Um, generally speaking, a uh, portrait painter. Uh, you know, I guess stylistically, I'm always pulling from people like Frontals and John Sager Sargent and uh, David Velasquez. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's I guess the kind of portrait I've been doing is a very intimate, um, you know, looking at people, uh, in this case, a lot of friends uh, that I've been paying a lot of friends. That's what that show was, UB Blake show, um, like over the pandemic. Uh, and it kind of has a way to just like, you know, think about the friends I've, I have people I've met. Um, and, and I think in painting, you sort of honor them. Um, and so, uh, that's what the work comprised of, that's comprised of lately. Um, back in the studio, I'm working on larger paintings, um, born death portraits, but it's, it's, it's just kind of a way to get, sorry, phone, phone. Um, it's just a way to get, uh, you know, closer to, um, who that person is, um, as portrait kind of always has. Um, cause when you're doing a portrait, you're actually, you're building them from the ground up. And so you're sort of understanding them in a different way and more, maybe more intimate way. Um, sure. So that's kind of what I've been doing, uh, for the past, you know, few years now. This is a cautionary portraiture. So you, you're, you, you've touched on the, the portraiture, how that's been over the last few years. So, Let's let's go back to when the the start happened. What was that like? Uh, getting into like, hey, I want to take on being a painter as a as a practice, and how has that practice changed from from then to like now? Back then, it was uh, incredibly. I mean, it was hard. It was hard to just to even start for a while because I I had really in the beginning no 
no real direction, no one to really show me, you know, I went to the, I don't want to say this is Astral Gallery. And um, as a kid, I used to go look at a museum, look, you know, work some museums. And I came across Rembrandt and that was like the first time my kind of just kept seeing him over and over again. Uh, that was the first time I really kind of got it. And I was trying to figure out how to get there. And then, so you have to learn how to do, you know, learn anatomy, you have to learn, um, uh, you know, even um, symbolism, context of, of works. Uh, I I mean, honestly, probably my first, my intro to it was, was watching movies, you know. <clears throat> um, I would, you know, I grew up watching like Spielberg movies and, you know, they're great directors. And so, if he's like, you know, framing Indiana Jones for in a close up, it's like that's moisture, yeah. you know, light hitting his face on the side. Or if you watch like old film noir or old, like, you know, black and white television um, in like yeah. Westerns or something, they, 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 it's, all, it's all that. Um, so I really kind of got it. I got a sense of uh, maybe dramatic lighting and I got a sense of, um, of what, you know, a, maybe like a um, frame a single face could do by watching movies, by um, uh, television, just just kind of absorbing that as a kid, you know, before I really, like, started, you know, really took art seriously as a possible path. Um, so, yeah. So even looking at that, it is interesting that you described it. That was the first time I heard described that way. And maybe it's because I haven't had a lot of conversations in this space, but uh, that makes a lot of sense of like having some, some inspiration maybe, or some recognition when it comes to that overlap between like early film or old film and just how people view things a very kind of I hear painterly is a way people kind of approach things sometimes when they're doing the cinematography, when they frame it up a shot. Um, and I think because some of these things were like if you're looking at, let's say, Josh, you're looking at Indiana Jones, those movies are 40, 50 years old at this juncture. Yeah. And they were probably closer to moving pictures, emphasis on pictures than what we have being created now is referential to earlier yeah. film as opposed to earlier paintings or earlier moving pictures. So now, as I touched on earlier, it's brown people in there, your people, you know, you said like sometimes they're friends and sometimes they're people that have yeah. a connection to you. You're seeing them in a, in a different like kind of light. How, how does your work comment on any social or political issues? I used to do that a lot. Um, so I did a lot of stuff, um, a lot of drawings before I really, you know, painted regularly. Um, and so I did a lot of more, more conceptual portraits and stuff like that. Um, but it wasn't the person, um, it wasn't a person I knew or like I would scour Google for interesting faces and then, insert my own idea into what into that person's you know because a person's face is a landscape of experiences so mm -hmm. um i was looking at the world around me i was looking at what's happening and just started you know, comments on all sorts of things like you know so you know police brutality or uh, prison industrial complex or whatever um that i was thinking about and um it, you know i kind of did that for a minute it was interesting. I uh, got some ideas out, but now I'm sort of looping back around and like actually uh, you know, paint real people who are in these, in these, uh, you know, in those million, you know, interesting milieus or, or whatever. Um, so I had to just kind of work out some ideas by just painting, you know, kind of doing conceptual portraits. Um, but I'm trying to, I've been, you know, reaching out to more people trying to arrange more, more shoots or shoots. 
so I can really dig into certain topics. I'm going to, um, I'm going to start a series on, uh, police. Um, I interview one uh, gentleman who's, um, uh, is capital U S capital police. And he was there during the sixth. Um, yeah. so like we had a great conversation. He was a really great guy. So, and I'm just like putting that together. So whoever I, whoever I can, you know, wrangle into this thing and, and talk to, um, that's a way, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a way to like really delve into a social thing. Um, cause before it was like kind of all over the place. I was just thinking of this and about this, but now I want to, um, I'm really trying to put that together, but, um, you know, and I have, I mean, I, I shot a bunch of friends, um, who are really dope, you know, artist friends. Um, and so, and I'm doing, still doing regular portraits, but um, I'm trying to delve more into the social issue stuff stuff as I get along. But just through real people, and a real person brings their whole history and weight to a subject. And um, and then I, what I usually do is interviews um, with that person and yeah. just talk to them. And as I talk to them, I get a sense of who they are, of their reality. And I yeah. try to then insert that, think about that, put that into the portrait when I'm, when I'm building it. So a lot of it is what I experience of that person too. That, that feels immersive, immersive. Like yeah, absolutely. you're, you know, I, I did a, I did a photo shoot this past weekend and in it during the, the shoot, it was one part, like, and I didn't think it was going to be that cause I'm usually on this side of the interview yeah. dynamic or what have you. It's like, yeah. So tell me more about this. I was like, Oh, I'm being interviewed. Oh, this is what this is. I thought she was yeah. just taking pictures and I don't say anything. It's like, no, no, tell me more about it. And I guess getting a sense of, who I am in that, in that brief period of time, that was the direction that was being given based in it to best show who I am through the, through the, the, the lens that they're, they're, they're operating. So, yeah. so do you intend for others to see, and this is a new question. Do you intend for others to yeah. see and feel what you feel and see in your art? Or in other words, do you want others to get what you're trying to say out of your art? Like, you know, I, do, do you know what I mean by that? Or is it too vague? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, but I, you can't really control that. Um, I found people will, will bring to the work what they, whatever experience they have. It's something that you can't really control it as much as you may try. Um, mm -hmm. unless you're really, you're super direct, you know, like even the cop thing I told, I told some friends about, it and they're like, some are like, Oh, you know, that's, you know, I ate them. And others are like, oh, that's so interesting. You, should, you know, and it's like different perspectives. I'm right. At a certain point, I have to try to re remove my ego from it and just present the thing. And hopefully it's painted well so that, you know, you can just forget about that and sink right to the work. But I can, I've never been able to really, you know, make somebody feel, whatever. I don't know if you should. I, I think people, you know, naturally bring their own stuff to whatever is presented. Like, you know, it could be a movie, it could be a song, could be whatever. Um, I guess nowadays, though, it's different for artists because, like, especially in the entertainment industry, because you get like, canceled if you say they have a wrong corporate opinion so right and which is interesting um so the audience then responding in a way where it's not beyond you know voting with your dollar it's like i i think this this voice should be removed from existence kind of thing it's, it's interesting it doesn't it doesn't lead yeah. it doesn't lead, lean into discourse or like understanding nothing's really achieved there it's, it's just there should be discourse i mean yeah. if people have an opinion or an idea that they're generally you know people go to a sh go to show go to dinner afterwards whatever there should be discourse about work. That, yeah. That's great. You know, talking about, I did that in, in college. I was talking about art and talk about culture and society and stuff like that. You know? So I think we almost get, get programmed in to some of these things and we start second guessing things that I feel are more base level. Like, 
for instance, like you, you start disbelieving certain things. Like I, I did a, I did a taste. I did a, like a, a cupping, you know, like a coffee cup. And I, I love coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. I, same, same here, man. <laughs> see, you get it. You get it. Yeah. And you know, I was doing a cupping and kind of being able to appreciate it, do the spelling and the tasting, all of those different stages. And I'm looking at, you know, someone who's very versed, very knowledgeable of their business. And I'm like, am I tasting what I think I'm tasting as opposed right. to just tasting it? Because we're looking for that input from the system or whatever it is, because we're now designed for that. Is this good? Do I feel something from this? No, accept it. Except that you feel something or you taste something yeah. or whatever the thing is and be able to, I think, be able to explain why or what you're getting off of it, but don't look for someone else's input because then it sullies what you're supposed to get from it. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should, I, you try to you know, go into an opening or whatever. I try to, or if I, if I, I could walk on the street, I go into a business or something. I see something. Oh, look at that. Let's check that out. I just walk in just like yeah. as a newborn baby and then see how the place impacts me or the work impacts. me. Yeah. I mean, I try to, I try that, you know, I try to root my, but then all the all the you know the weight of my experiences and my my taste I guess or whatever you want to call it comes in and yeah and you know but then you know sometimes interacting with a person a certain way can affect how I feel about things um, so we all have our biases you know uh, and and also like with work too or coffee sometimes there's room to grow and so you you the the coffee tasted you know maybe a year ago that same brand has improved or evolved or whatever. So, you know, I don't know, man, we, we, you change over a year. And so we all evolve and we all see the world in different perspective after, you know, through time. So. So for for you, what is your most important tool as an artist? And is there something within the studio that you just, you can't live without? Like I need that in there. And, and don't and, and don't be don't be a tool because some people say a brush. I was like, you're an ass. You're an ass. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, yeah. That's an ass response. Um, more more tool. Um, maybe uh, not really a tool, but like I, you know, I was I went to the studio earlier today at a friend stopped by, and it was it was hot. And the studio, my studio is very Spartan. There's not there's nothing comfortable in it. You know, Good. and I. And kind of by design, so that I don't really—I'm not going there to hang out. I'm going there to work. But um, my energy to paint, maybe um, my energy to actually get work done. Um, so I usually go there, pick a pick up painting, pick a task, and I just go for it. Like I, you know, it's the tool is my because I also have the drive to Georgetown from, from yeah. you know, Oxon Hill, which is like, ugh. and so <laughs> it's a trek, man, and like. <laughs> Then they got to paint. I'm standing up painting for like, I don't know how many hours. My back starts to hurt. It's like, I, it's, it's place is hard. And so I have to, my willpower has to, my, I got to you know, go to David Goggins mindset, and like get it done. That's yeah. how I, that's the only way I, I've been able to do all the work there that I, I've been able to do. It's just, it's just willpower. Um, so that, I mean, that might be it, you know, beyond brushes. You know? no, that's, that's, that's an honest answer. Like, uh, I, I, I somebody, some people joke me because I'll tell them how many podcasts I do. Right? I do three different podcasts, and sometimes, like, I batch record as I was joking with you the other yeah. day about. And I was looking at my <laughs> schedule for this week, like, you're the only person I have for today. I was like, I got all day, yeah, yeah. Um, but like on Friday, I have um, an, an interview about a, um, a location, and then I have three podcast interviews. I'm like, all right. And last, last Friday was the same thing, and I was doing this kind of check in with myself. All right, that one went well. Yeah. Cause you know, you, you hate to have that bomb situation. Like, 
ah, that didn't go. That was a shit sandwich in the middle of those two great podcasts. <laughs> you, you don't want that yeah. to happen. So just doing that check-in is like, okay, how are you feeling? Do you need to, do you need to properly hydrate? Do you need, do you need to drink a beer? Do you need to get some coffee? Do you need to burn your nose with coffee? Oh yeah, yeah. I do. I kind of do the same where I, I go to the studio. I try, I used to like, it's funny, it's simple. I used to go to, there's a Starbucks and there's a uh, Safeway down the road yeah. from it. Yeah, I'm drivable. And um, I used to go at a certain point, um, I go to get coffee or, or get some from Safeway. I used to go, I used to go first and then go to the studio. Yeah. Past you go to go to get something to eat. It would, it would actually break the flow up. Cause then I have to, you know, how early I meant to start, I'm starting later now because I got a you know, I got a sandwich, I got a coffee, and I gotta eat that and drink that. So it's because I think I need need that like fuel. Yeah. But no, I just go and I just go straight in and work, drink some water, and then I'll work till I'm like, okay, I can take a break and then I'll go get coffee or something because I try to like tell myself, oh, yeah, it's just break because you're you're getting overwhelmed. You know, in art school, until yeah, usually there's like uh, if you work for a model or something, um, like or whatever, you're doing like a 20 minute, yeah, but they're usually at the timer mm-hmm. and they sit there for like 20 minutes or whatever, and then timer beeps, which take a little five minute break because it's it's so mentally taxing to do this, um, to paint half the time when you're really in it. Um, you know, that because when you're standing up, my studio, standing up, painting, trying to figure out, doing like, doing like a capitalist problem, the like color yeah. and form. And then, you know, you for your body is feeling. Yeah. You don't, you don't think about it. Your brain's like turns off your pain receptor or something. You're just like in it. And then you're done. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I ran a marathon. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, like literally when I'm done painting at night, I'm like, I'm like a goddamn zombie. I'm like, oh, fuck everything. <laughs> Got to drive home to like, a, you know, um, it's, it's, it wears you out. Yeah. It, it really, even on a good day, I'm like, I'm just gone. I mean, I, and I try to have good days. I try not to leave anything unresolved because if I leave something unresolved. I paint all the prima. So if I, it means if wet and wet. So if I, I'll do it in stages where I'll, I'll paint something up wet and wet, let it, I won't leave the studio until it's, it's where I need where it needs to be, um, let it dry. Because if I don't, um, if I leave it unresolved, I'm gonna be like, I'm wasting time and I'm wasting money. I'm, I'm I'll be really angry. Yeah. So, because next time I go to see it, I'm like, oh, I should have fucking done that. You know? mm-hmm. So I try to work up to a level where I'm comfortable. Let let the paint dry. Then come in with another layer if, if need be. Um, and uh, it it's like that did happen to me the other night. I'm working on a painting of a friend, and we did a whole shoot from candlelight. And then it's like, I got to, I got to, you know, I did put on the first layer and I got to like figure this out. I'm like, well, reshape it, reshape it. Like, and it looks like shit. I got to go back in and do, you know, work on it. Um, and I can't, I cannot leave till it's done. And I, if I leave, if I get out of the studio at like 10 PM or 12, that's what it's got to be. Yeah. Um, and you're just exhausted. You know, just take that, you know. So, so, so let's, let's, let's look at the beginning of that process, right? Like, do you have any, like, I know for me over the last like year and a half, my morning starts off with like either walk or the gym and definitely getting either cold brew. Cause I'm, it's always coffee, right? Either cold brew, yeah. some, some latte and a buttery croissant because who doesn't like a buttery croissant? Uh, what is, what kind of rituals do you have that kind of help you get into that, that setup for the day that kind of is like, this is going to be a good day because I was able to get X, Y, and Z done at the beginning of this day. I put down the croissants for beats. I eat a lot of, I I try to, I'm trying to eat healthier now. Um, I try to get them and run more. Um, I don't know. I just kind of 
you know, wake up, check my emails. Um, I mean, I don't really have a set ritual. I guess I'm packing up, you know, stuff and it gets me in that mode of like, okay, most of you, because that would be really intentional. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I probably, I try to, you know, maybe eat something healthy in the morning and if I can get it and run, I'll get it. Especially since summer, yeah. summer's on, I'm going to try to run every day. Um, just that little routine because, you know, the studio's endurance. So I have to like be, you know, be in shape and, and have all this stuff uh, in place. But I don't really have too much, too many rituals, really. You know, I, I probably just think about, okay, studio day, boom, go mm-hmm. get it. And, you know, I'll get to the studio, I'll probably watch like, I mean, in the studio, I'm probably watching like um, something to keep me occupied. Like I'll, I'll bring my iPad and I'll put on like, um, <clears throat> I had a long run of watching like Star Trek Next Generation uh, off the side. Something just kind of yeah. light, that, you know, while I just work to keep me engaged. Yeah. Um, recently, I've been listening to more and more on the Mike Tyson's Hot Boxing Podcasts. You know, these crazy stories and um, that keeps me going. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple, really. You, you know, got to put this podcast it, on that list, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, man, no. Well, yeah, I mean, there Joey Diaz tell, tell stories of New York in the 70s. It's just like the fucking craziest thing. Um, Joey Diaz is ridiculous, by the way. And he's a he's a but I mean, like just story. I mean, or interviews of people just who have lived lives and just like, holy shit. You know, and it, it it keeps my mind focused. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like uh, sort of sort of interesting white noise, um, and then I can lose lose a sense of time and just like work. Out. I was watching the Departed the other day. She was just like, oh yeah, um, that's the part when he gets shot in the head. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> but that that's I don't know. If, any, if I have a ritual, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I find I find myself when you get into those those things like I I had the day job and it's you need that endurance because you're you're coding and things like that and yeah. I'll throw on like something that has no lyrics because I'm a lyric it's like oh what did he say right there what what, what disrespectful yeah. line was that I heard but it, it has <laughs> to be something like classical music electronics something that is just it's just going B- BPMs what have you but if I'm doing something slightly different like I do a movie review podcast out of this yeah. so sometimes if it's a movie I've seen a lot. I'm like, all right, let me watch this for like the second time and just have it in the background and start crafting my notes on it. If I'm coming up with like questions for this podcast or what have you, I need to have something in there to focus me in that area that I can like use that different part of my brain. Because if it's unoccupied, then it's just like, oh, you know what would be really great, Rob? You should be doing this though. You should be doing something else. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much like what you know. When you gotta fill the silence or something, so otherwise, like I should be doing something that may be more comfortable right now. And I'm like, I gotta quiet that voice. And then David Goggins comes in and it's like, gotta gotta, you gotta get it. Fuck that. You know, <laughs> and so you know, I I would watch. You know, it's funny for a long time, for a while, to keep myself motivated. I was like watching um like Navy SEAL training, like this Bud's class 234. Yeah. They have a documentary. I think it's Discovery Channel did it. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube. And they show these guys like, you know, getting the let out. And it's actually, and then the instructors yelling at them, you know, yeah. there's only, it was it, uh, you know, second place, is just, second place is first loser kind of mentality. Yeah. So I have to like, it kind of fires me up too. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, you have to, you need a trigger to, to make you want to do this. Cause it's like, to go in the studio, I'd rather be at home sleeping or rather be at home doing something else. Yeah. But in order to uh, do all the shows I've done or have a career, you have to just keep pushing yourself, especially the way, way I paint. Like I just have to work all the time. And, um, and yeah. 
so, you know, just motivation. So that, that brings me to another question. See, this is, this is how segues work. This is shows the hallmark for somebody that didn't get the questions. You kind of already have the guise of how these, these things going, maybe I'm just throwing softballs, but uh, how, how do you usually prepare for an upcoming exhibition? I, well, I used to in the past, I was like, Oh, I got a show. Now I'm just like, this is a job really. Um, um, just buckle down. And I mean, especially about time to work, I'll just work all the time. Um, uh, this past show, the show at UB Blake, like I was doing that while like finishing the school year, this through virtually, which is like, like we're in two jobs and, um, teaching took my soul out of my chest and just like, uh, this year, it was just harder this year. So I was just doing two things at once. And, um, you just, I mean, you just work. It's just all, you got to make the work, um, decent. And then, I mean, back and forth with people curating, whatever you're like, just cues felt this, felt that like, cool. You know, um, it's, I mean, it's just really just work. And then, you know, make sure you have everything on time. Um, whatever they need. So there's like, really, I'm at that point, if someone's giving me a show, I'm, I'm their, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the co, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying to be a good asset, you know, and make so that they're the production that they're putting on. I'm, I'm a quality part of, I'm not like, you know, taking away from anything. Sure. So that's the mindset I get into like, okay, you, you need me to fill this out. Great. Great. I'll do it. You know, so that everything runs smoothly. Um, yeah, so everybody's happy and everybody's cool. Um, yeah. That's the way I. It's kind of what I way I go about it. You know, simple, simple. Yeah, I just I, I'm a simple guy. I, I dig right? it. I dig it. I try to be. I try to be. <laughs> so, uh, how I came across you was initially through the Bright Exhibit from uh, Creative Alliance, and you oh, yeah. mentioned UB Blake. And so, how, how does that feel to kind of you know have you know developing like a bit of a base of people who are becoming more and more aware of you in, in baltimore and, and 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 speak on your 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 thoughts about baltimore kind of being in that more dmv area because there's that weird little rivalry we have yeah here. i know i mean i went to the corcoran and like you know Micah, you know uh it was like a little soft rivalry uh no it's cool i mean it's it's great when people um know you're what you're doing um it's one guy came up to me and was like, tell me, they've been following me for a while. And I was like, Oh yeah. Because I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm, I try to, you know, work that heavily. Um, even when I delete a lot of stuff, uh, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just kind of, I, I pare things down and I, and I, so I build it back up. Mm-hmm. It's just a, you know, um, a wave. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's good. It's good when people like know what you're doing and then they're following you and you, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, cause to, you know, you don't feel like you're working in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, people and people, when people get what you're, what you're saying, even when you're being super subtle, um, it's good. It's like, cause I try to, I try to put a lot of thoughts and stuff up, especially when I was doing these, uh, those more conceptual pieces where I'm thinking about all this other crazy stuff around me. Um, yeah. like my very first solo show is called I see a darkness. Um, I got the title from the Johnny cash song yeah. and you know, it was like, I get this crazy talk at the national gallery of art. Um, people there hooked it up. Um, and, um, I've had to learn how to refine my ideas presenting them. Mm-hmm. Cause I, the artist talk was like all the darkness I'd all I'd seen all. And I mean, just from police to, I mean, we're watching people get murdered every day. Yeah. 
like straight up, you know, like toward the end of a, maybe the end of Obama's presidency when the police shooting sort of ramped up and leading to Floyd and everything was like, that was just like a regular thing, you know? I mean, before it got, became like the, everybody's was like in vogue for people to like be protesters. Like, like I heard about that oh, as a kid, like all the time. I, I had a, Somebody, I had a comment on it in one of my podcasts and you know, it's, it was more of me on a rant. I was like, oh, I'm just able to see, you know, people that look like me get shot cinematically and it's fine and we can see it on the news. And that's not traumatizing yeah. at all, right? Well, and then, you know, the confusion of of, of film and, and then, you know, like just murder, crime, death and music too. It's like just hitting you all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what are we becoming through that? You know, the effects of that violence on us. Like, I, well, I mean, honestly, it's fucked up when Floyd died. I was like, I was so used to it. I just like, and then it became, it took off because everybody's at home during the pandemic and they, had, they got to really internalize it. So with that, uh, we, we've gotten everything out there. People are going to take something out of this podcast, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. shameless plugs. Where can he find your social media website? All the leg of stuff. Uh, social media. It bought, it's my last name. It bought to underscore on Instagram. It's probably the most active um uh website just david um pretty simple and yeah man i'm around dc maryland oh uh, well my you know southern maryland um, all right mostly dc though uh-huh no that you guys are far that's a far drive man all place. right all right going to georgetown i say uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh but, know, right? but thank you so much this has been great this has been uh been, it's been it's been one of the, the deeper ones that we were able to get into uh, delving into an actual conversation with a guest yeah, and um yeah this has been great so thank you so much um so for for mr david about i'm rob lee saying it does art in and around and literally around he said so far away kind of baltimore <laughs> but it's all in and around baltimore you just gotta look for it You've been listening to the Truth in This Art podcast, a storytelling series that documents the vibrancy and development of arts and culture, hosted by cultural curator Rob Lee. For more information, visit thetruthinthisart.com.